1: are going to leave me now I'm not used to being up here without you that's okay I'll let you take a break I was going to say Adrian stay with me but but I'll give you a break because it would be more anointed hi guys it's so you guys can take a seat usually you're standing when I'm up here so oh wow okay well look hey that's not my time I have more time than that. Um, Hi, guys. So tonight, I am going to go very quickly because I have like 20 pages of notes, and (laughs) I have a very short amount of time. Um, So can you guys just go with me? Strap on your seatbelts? Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to share a bit of my story, and I I, I really pray that you guys will find yourselves in that story as well. You know, I know that we've all... We all go through hard times. We all have been through hard times. But this season of my life, um, I found a pain that was, well, quite daunting and something that I never thought would be part of my story. I don't want to ugly cry, so make me laugh. (laughs) Awesome. That's your job tonight. Uh, Look, the Bible says that... um, The Bible talks about how in this life there will be troubles, there will be pain and suffering. But what happens when now this part, this pain is part of your story, and now in order to get the breakthrough and freedom, you have to walk it out? So, as I said, like I I have been through that. I have been through a pain, and it's a journey. We're all on a journey. I'm still walking it out, but I know who to look to, and I know what to look to. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. But I find myself in that moment of deep pain one day, and I just remember asking God why. Like, this is not supposed to be a part of my story, and I've served you all my life. I questioned his goodness. I questioned his faithfulness, who he was. Don't you see me? Ever so softly and powerfully, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, this is not your eternity. And it was in that moment, God, I know you didn't do this to me. And I don't know what you're doing, but I know that you are moving. And so I made a choice. I can live in agony and be depressed, or I can look to him, and I can go, okay, I know that you're with me, I'm gonna take your hand, and we're gonna do this together, and only together, because that's the only way I can do this. James 1, 2 says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. We can do hard things. I was not counting a joy in that moment, but I learned to. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. My harvest came and is still coming, it's still unfolding, but it came in the form of peace. It came in the form of getting my joy back. And it's not so much about what you go through, but how you walk it out. So here's what I did, and I pray that in your own circumstance and story, you can find yourself there and you can do this too. I turned my eyes to Jesus. Our eyes have to be fixed on Him and Him alone. He has to be our cornerstone that we build our life on. Isaiah 26:3, you will keep in perfect. Peace, all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. When your thoughts and your eyes are fixed on Jesus, he promises perfect peace. And I can't explain it. I don't know how I can go from such a deep pain, something that I never thought would be part of my story, and come out and have peace and be able to stand up here and lead worship when I don't want to, but I know that God has carried me because I turned my eyes to him. We all know the song. It goes with my point, so I I have to go over it, but we all know the song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. But my favorite part And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we turn our eyes to him, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And it's strange. It is strange. How does that happen? How does our, when we fix our eyes on him, our pain becomes our peace. It's only God. And it's one thing to walk out something hard, but then when you have to walk out forgiveness and trust again, it's a whole nother ball game. (laughs) But it's a decision. We have to release, let go, and make steps forward to freedom. And I want to say this because this this is definitely part of all of it. We have to overcome for our children, for the next generation. You want to put that? That picture up. Do you have it or no? Okay, well, this is my daughter. I'm sorry, Ava. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. Take it down. Take it down. That's really big. Okay. Yeah. So that's my daughter, my oldest daughter. And honestly, even in that time of pain, I was like, look, I, I've got to do this right. We have to do it right for this next generation. They're the ones that are going to relieve us. They're the ones, and we want to do it right. We don't, wanna, we don't want their harvest to be secondhand offense or having bad thoughts. No, we want to get it right. We want to do our forgiveness and we don't want them to have um, the, the bitterness that maybe we carried, right? Right? So let's do it right so that their harvest can be in full freedom. And one of the revelations I got in this time was how we all are going to stand before God one day. And when we stand before God, he doesn't want to hear about how you feel about somebody else. And I sure as heck don't want to spend my time standing before God saying, but this person, but it hurt. No, I want to spend my time glorifying him and worshiping and tell him, God, I considered it pure joy. God, I fixed my eyes on you and look at the freedom that you gave me. Come on. Amen. So we turn our eyes to Jesus and also, mm, mm, I got to go quick, prayer and worship. I will. Listen, I'm going to kind of combine them because I have to go quick because it's the same thing. You have to have your alone devotion time, yes. But also you need to come to women's prayer and men's prayer, Okay. You, need, you, you can't do life alone. And I, I just, I know walking through that, I had my friends and I didn't need the, the best advice ever. I didn't need them to tell me what to do. I needed somebody to, there to hold my hands up. I needed somebody to tell me that they love me. I needed to know that I had people there that I could lean on. So come to women's prayer. There are times that I didn't want to go. And there are still times, because I'm not a morning person, and I still go to nine, so (laughs) lame. But there are times that I'm like, I don't want to go. But I have a generation behind me that's watching. And I go, and I feel different when I'm there, and I leave differently. And it's the same thing for worship. Okay, listen, I got to talk about it. Look. I see you, okay, <laughs> I, I, I see y'all walking late, okay. Now listen, I'm not trying to condemn, but you have to understand, we dig these wells, the team up here, we spend time, and we all know what it's like to, to have the presence of God fall. We know what it's like to have our minds shifted and our hearts shifted. So don't be late for worship. The Bible says that we come into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And the set list, thank you, but I'm running out of time, so sit down. (laughs) I love you. But listen, the set list is set up in a way that we start with praise because we can throw off all that entangles us. We can sit there and look, we can even, when we say lift your hands, It's to lift your hands, because it's a sign of surrender. And you can say, look, I had a fight with my husband on the way, and my kids, I'm telling you, but you know what, my hands are lifted, and our gaze is fixed on him, and then things happen. And look, your circumstance may not change, although it might, because in the presence of God, your faith is lifted, and faith can move mountains. So so that can happen, but in that very moment, your circumstance may not change, but your heart will, and your mind will. So come on, don't be late. Okay, just to tie a bow on this, really quick. Oh gosh, okay. I, you know what, and I didn't even honor my pastors. <laughs> I love you, and I love my worship team. You guys are incredible, and worship was amazing tonight, so thank you for carving that out. And production team, you're the real MVP. Okay, Okay, so just to tie a bow on this, I think about the story of David and Goliath. Everybody knows the the story, okay? 1 Samuel 17, everybody knows David and Goliath. So for time, I'm gonna paraphrase really quickly. David was this little boy, as we know, and he was going into battle. And Saul was saying, David, you can't do this. This is a huge giant, like you can't. And he was like, are you kidding me? My God has already saved me from the lion and the bears. My God's gonna save me from this guy. He had no doubt, and I always wonder what he's thinking because there's no account for what he was thinking, but there's an account for what he said. And so sometimes we need to actually speak out Something different than what's in our head. So, so anyway, so there's a couple of things in here. So first, Saul doubted him. David had his eyes fixed on Jesus. He knew who his God was. He was his cornerstone. And then Saul begins, okay, well, go ahead. And so he starts armoring him up. He puts all this armor on him to go into battle. David starts walking and he's like, I can't wear this. This is too heavy. I'm not used to this. So he takes it off and he grabs little stones. He had faith. <laughs> and and I, true for our life, what are we going into battle carrying that we're not meant to carry? Are we carrying unforgiveness? Are we carrying bitterness? Are we carrying the heavy pain that we haven't worked through? Come on, let's do it right. Let's work through it. And then a word just, okay, I had a verse. Okay, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who trust in the Lord find new strength. Doesn't matter any storm that you're in, any fire that you're in, any trial that you're in, he will give you new strength if you trust in him for each one. Okay, oh I had a pick of a I had a picture of this valley. This is a word for my chair. my, they're not mine, but this is a word for cherished ladies. Okay, I want you to listen. I Go ahead. Okay, so this is a picture of, of mountains and valleys. And you know, mountains, it's obvious. We, we love being on the mountains, we're up high, we see a beautiful view, nothing can touch us. It's beautiful, I'm happy. And then we think about the valleys and we think it's like dark and depressing. Look how beautiful that valley is. We have to switch our, per, our perspective. Valleys can be beautiful too. And valleys is when, the, when God takes his hand and says, I'm with you. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you. This is not your eternity. You can make it. You can do hard things. So come, walk with me. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you in Jesus' name. Okay, let me pray because I'm way over time. Sorry. Let me, okay, okay. Can, just turn your palms toward heaven and I'm just going to pray where you're at. God, thank you. Thank you that you are with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys. You see us through, you take our hand and walk every step of the way when we can't walk one more step on our own. Thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted and you rescue those in need. You have made us more than conquerors so that we can overcome because with you and only with you are all things possible in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Come on, how good was that? Goodness gracious. All right, no more worship leading, only preaching. Goodness gracious. All right, next up we have um, a beautiful young lady, one of the pastors in our house who oversees all of our high schoolers. It has been one of the great joys of Katie and I's life to be able to watch her and her handsome husband just grow and develop. She is amazing. She is powerful. Come on. Welcome to the platform, Pastor Lori Fuerte.
3: Hi, church. Wow. Lindsay, Lindsay, you guys. Lindsay, you are a preacher. Like... Can we? That message was Holy Spirit filled, timely, and I'm so proud of you. And like, wow, you're a preacher. Just embrace it, accept it, and keep on doing it. Well, you guys can take your seats. I'm so excited to come around a time of talking about Cherish. This um, Cherish conference marks the sixth conference that I will have attended, and. Well, first and foremost, I just want to honor our beautiful pastors, especially Pastor Stacy and Pastor Katie. You guys have poured so much into me. You guys lead by example. When I look at you, I'm like, that's how I need to do things. You are filled with so much wisdom and beauty and grace, and I just thank you so much for being a part of my life, and I love you guys. Okay, let's get into this. So when I think about Cherish Conference, I always remember my second Cherish and it was, um, the time where we went to like the, I don't even know the name of the hotel, but we went to a hotel and like had a girl's weekend. And I remember before going to Cherish, my husband and our friends where our husbands were telling us, Hey girls, like, I know that this is going to be a girl's weekend and you're going to have so much fun. But remember, have an intimate moment with God in your room together pray together, pray with one another, talk about real things, talk about your, your goals, talk about your struggles, your strongholds, your, your wins, but have an intimate moment with God. Don't let, don't let this, the, all the fun and all like just all the girl you know, facials and cute PJs, don't let that overshadow what this weekend's really meant to be about. And that's what we did. We, we did the PJs, we did the facial masks, but we also really got to really know one one another and, like, get deep with each other. And it's beautiful because at the same time that we were together in a circle praying with one another, at the same time, our husbands were all together, and they were doing the exact same thing. And we know the Holy Spirit was filled in that moment because both of us, husbands and wives, were praying together and were glorifying God at the exact same time. So husbands... During Cherish, you're not supposed to be alone. Go with your guy friends. Have all the kids play together. But not only just hang out with each other, but pray. Talk about real things. Talk about your struggles, your, your goals, your, your wins. But it's just not a weekend for the ladies. It's also for you men to get together and hang out. Um, and, um, and I wish I could say that all the Cherish conferences were like that. Because that would be amazing. But it would be a complete lie. See, last year, I had one of the, it was the hardest cherishes of my life. It was very exposing and very hard for me to be there. And if you could put the photo up. So this is a photo of me at Cherish with my just newly turned four-week-old baby. So it's four weeks postpartum here. And if you look at the photo, you'll see this face, and I'm smiling, and I'm like, you know, it looks like I'm having the best time. But behind that smile was just complete and utter and just shame and hurt and worry and embarrassment. And you could take that photo down, because it is really big. <laughs> um, but what happened was I found myself, I, I, I'm the youth pastor, I'm a leader here at the church, and I found myself around so many people and I knew so many people, but I felt so alone. I felt like I had no friends. I felt like I was just lonely. I felt just so rejected by so many people when that wasn't even the true story. See, and mind you, I was postpartum, so there's a lot of like hormones re like balancing and all the things, and that's true. But I also believed a lie. I amend the lie that I wasn't seen. I amen the lie that I had no friends and that no one wanted to be around me. I And by amening that, that turned into isolating myself. And I'm like, who's going to want to even room with me? I have a newborn baby. Like, who's going to want to be up in the middle of the night with a crying baby? Like, I didn't even know if Emily was going to stay up all night, if she was going to cry. But I'm like, who would even want a room with me. So I decided to isolate myself and say, it's okay, I'll be in a room all by myself, it's fine. I'll just like go with my friends and it's fine. And that's what I did. But after the dust settled and my husband, because my my awesome husband, he did like help me and he like set the room up for like baby proofing the room. Um, After he left and the dust settled, I just was alone with my daughter in a room all by myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh. What am I doing here? I'm all alone, which is a furthest thing from the truth, but that's how I felt. And my honey always has, he always tells me, honey, you know, your feelings aren't facts. And sometimes, you know, your, our feelings are valid, but in, but in that moment, my feelings weren't the facts because I had a friend, a beautiful friend, Monique who in that time, she was texting me, hey, Lori, I saved you a seat. So I had the friends. I had the beautiful Monique who was saving me a seat. But I don't know, for some reason, I just believe this lie that I have no friends, that I have nobody, no one cares about me, I'm not seen. And I believe this lie. And to be truthful, it honestly felt easier and more comfortable believing that lie than actually stepping out into the uncomfortable and being like, hey, here I am. This is really, really hard for me, but I'm here and I'm excited and I'm expectant, but it was so much easier just to be feeling just crippled and believing that lie that no one cared about me. And during Cherish, during the conference, like I tried my hardest, but I was just so caught up in this mental battle of believing this lie that there was amazing preachers, even Pastor um, Katie preached, and I, and I know it was amazing, an amazing word, but I was just so caught up in my, my feelings. I was so caught up in like, oh my gosh, my body's postpartum, like this outfit, I feel so uncomfortable, like I can't bend down, like I, do, I was just up in all my feelings, and I wasn't able to let the Holy Spirit do a thing and work in my life. And I wish I could say that the story has a happy ending, that I got my freedom and deliverance that I needed, but I didn't. I found myself isolating myself from friends. Monique had to come to my room a few times, and, and she caught me crying all alone in my room. And I was like, I just can't do this. I can't do this. This is hard for me. And she's like, come on, Lori, come with me. Sleep in our room and doing all the things that a, a, a really beautiful friend should be doing. But I just couldn't. I just couldn't even fathom the idea of being a bother and an inconvenience to somebody. So then I called up my husband, and I'm like, honey, pick me up. I, I can't be here anymore. And he came. I packed up everything, and I left. And on the way home, I was like, oh my gosh, like, babe, don't, I know, I know that this is wrong, but please, please, please don't don't condemn me, don't, don't say, Lori, you shouldn't be doing this, because I know, I know that this is wrong, I know that I'm choosing the wrong thing, I just didn't know how to get out of it. I was like, babe, all I need is a hug. And there are times in our life where, yes, we need someone to come and be like, hey, you're not doing this right, like, let me help you through it. And there's other times when we just need a hug. We just need a friend to be like, hey, I know you got nothing else to give, like Lindsay was saying, but I'm gonna lift you up, I'm gonna stand with you, and I'm gonna be there. And that's all I needed in that season. And during that season of life, the next for the next year up until now, God has been doing a new thing in me. He's been walking me through a journey of deliverance, and the Holy Spirit has been. Pointing out little areas of my life where I needed deliverance from, where I needed freedom, and I got it. And he sent beautiful people too, that that I would that would minister to me in ways that I didn't even know I needed ministering to. And I got and I got delivered from it. But what happens after deliverance? See, after deliverance, now you're walking out freedom. And I know that I know that I know that I am set free from the spirit of rejection, of shame, of isolation, and all those things. But now. I'm finding myself in a season of I have to break old mindsets, wow. old patterns, old cycles. And it's not, it's not an overnight thing. This is like a journey that I'm walking on, and I'm learning, and I'm learning to, to be vulnerable with people and tell them where I'm at. And and I'm learning, and sometimes you you need a friend, sometimes you need a counselor. Sometimes you our friends won't have all the answers, and that's okay. And sometimes we might need um, a Holy Spirit-filled counselor to help you overcome certain mindsets and patterns that you're dealing with. And that's okay, and you could do that. And there's no shame in it, and it's actually very telling of maturity in your life. So for this last year, I I've been going through a season of... Of God just really showing me and showing me so much grace and mercy through this time, and so much love, and the Holy Spirit recently prompted me to to re um, listen to one of the messages that I missed at Cherish, and it was a beautiful message by Pastor Aubrey, and every time I would watch the preview and I would see Pastor Aubrey speaking. Um, I'm like the Holy spirit would just like highlight her. So I rewatched it and I can't go into what her message was about, but a lot of you ladies have a free media pass from last year's cherished. And I, and I encourage you to, to listen to it because it's such a beautiful word. Um, so then I dug, so after I watched, I, um, listened to that podcast I'm like, man, if I would have been there, if I had just stepped out into the un- uncomfortable, I would have got the freedom that I needed. I would have been delivered in that moment. But I chose isolation. I chose to be up in my feelings. I chose to listen to the voice of the enemy. So then I go in my Bible and I read the story. But then the Holy Spirit was like, read the, the, read the chapter before. And, and if you could put that verse on the screen. And in this story... Um, in Luke chapter 13, verses six, it says, this is Jesus speaking. He then, he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and when he went to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down, why should I use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. And after I read that, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a beautiful friend who was texting me throughout Cherish. The Holy Spirit reminded me that in that season that I've been in, it was a season where I was in lack a season where I felt like I couldn't really give much. I I was just showing up and I was just really trying to, God was just doing a new thing in me. And in that season, I couldn't give anything. Honestly, I couldn't, but it's kind of like this story, like my beautiful friend was kind of like the, the farmer, like even though I couldn't give her what she needed, she was still willing to pour into my life. She was still willing to be there, even though she wasn't going to get anything in return, but she was still willing to show up and say, hey, I see you. You are important. You are cared for. I value our friendship, and I know you're in a season of drought right now. You might not have any fruit showing, but I believe that if I till the ground around you and I start watering it, and I believe that if I just fertilize it, that I know that I know that fruit will appear. Cause my God's word doesn't come back void. And I, that's what she was doing in my life. In a moment where, as a friend, I was learning how to become a, a better friend. I was learning to break old habits and patterns. But she still stood by me. And I believe the Holy Spirit is telling you, are you a friend that stays? For such a long time, like, I believe this, this I would always say, hey, well, friendships take, takes, you know, both of us. It's like a give and take. But the Holy Spirit said, no, l- look at my word. There's going to be seasons where there's a lack in your friendship and you're going to have to pour into them, knowing that you're not going to receive anything for that season. And there's also going to be a season where someone's going, when you're going to have to pour into someone, knowing that you're not going to get anything from them, but I need you to treat my t- my people, my sheep, as a, I would treat them with love, with grace, with respect. And I'm like, wow, God, you are so good. Thank you for breaking off that old mindset of, well, like, if my friends can't give any pour into me in this moment, then maybe we shouldn't be friends. And that's being real. You know, these are like real thoughts. And it's beautiful. And sometimes we're going to be in the place where we could give and pour into people. We're going to have to till the ground. And sometimes we're going to be in the other end where we have nothing to give. And we need a friend to till the ground around us and pour water into us and minister to us and lift up, lift up our arms. And I just want you guys to know that if you found yourself in the same shoes that I've been where cherish is a little triggering sometimes and you're like, who am I even going to room with? Who am I going to go with? I encourage you and challenge you to be a come with me girl. Don't wait for someone to invite you. I waited last year, I waited the whole time and I'm like, someone invite me. And even though someone did, I was just so caught up in my mind in this in this idea that no one wanted to be my friend, which was a complete and utter lie, but I was so caught up in that. So I challenge you and encourage you, be a come with me girl. Invite someone. Don't go alone. Don't drive up by yourself don't room by yourself. If you feel like you don't have friends, be friendly. Invite them to the pool. Invite them to go eat. It's simple little things that would change everything. Who cares about what you're wearing? Wear black. If you're confident in black, wear black. You know, I know we're like wearing metallic and we're having fun, but if that's something that you know that's gonna, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, what am I wearing? I have to like figure this all out. Like wear what you feel comfortable in because cherish is more than just what you wear. It's it's going in and coming back a changed person. You know, so I just. Thank you, guys. So don't, so be a come with me, girl. Don't believe the lie that, you, that you're not valued, you're not seen, and you're not cherished. You have friends all around you. Just be the one to invite and have stay power. Maybe you're in a season where you just, where you're finding yourself tilling the ground for a friend. Give it a year. Give it one year. Give your marriage another year. Give your finances a year. Whatever area in your life that you need, give it one more year and till the ground. Put soil in it. Read the word of God. Just don't have it on your phone. Make this your sacred time and read the word of God and see that fruit, that, that your tree, that you will bear fruit and I don't want to take too much time, and I love you guys, and I'm gonna pass it to our amazing
2: pastors. Come on, how great was that? Oh my goodness. I love 3 by 10 so much. I love our church. What a beautiful picture of, um, of how we, we care for one another, and goodness. And then lastly, bringing us home, an original gangster. Here from the very beginning. Somehow, I don't know how you got that shirt. Somehow she has the cherished merch already that isn't out yet. Anyway, that's just how she rolls. I don't know what she did. I don't know who she threatened, but she made it happen. But um, we, uh, Katie and I, just respect you and your family so much. And it has been, um, it has been. Comforting to know that people like you, like you and Christian, are building the church alongside us. And um, you guys are steadfast, you're long suffering, um, you're faithful people, you're fun people. Can we welcome the beautiful, the anointed, the powerful, Lupita Franco?
4: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Mike. That's how I roll, guys. That's how I roll. Well, um, I want to honor our campus pastors. Thank you for saying yes to pastoring this crazy bunch. And by this crazy bunch, I mean me. Uh, I want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I always think of this whenever um, I am asked to do something in the house of God. Like their yes impacted my life years and years and years later. And it's going to impact my legacy. So think about that when you're asked to do something for the church. Who is your yes going to impact? Okay, well... I also want to honor my handsome husband sitting right there. It is his birthday today. Happy birthday, Christian Franco. I'm not gonna say <laughs> I'm not gonna say a bunch of nice things because I have eight minutes left, but I love you. You're the real deal. Okay. I want to share with you about my first cherished conference. This was 2015, and we had been part of the church for almost a year till that day. And to be honest, I was still holding some walls up when it came to friendships. And I was very intimidated to walk into conference, but I had attended a couple of cherish nights. And I remember being so annoyed just getting there and being in the lobby and all these women being so loud and feeling like there was chickens running around with our heads. But then really, really loving uh, being in there and worshiping with all these ladies that I didn't know. But so that kept me, that motivated me and that made me push through. So scared, intimidated, I said yes, I went to church conference and it actually changed my life forever. And I'm going to share about that. Everything was so good. Everything was way more than I expected. But there was one message. And it was by Pastor Chris Pringle. And she was a guest speaker. And she was sharing her own testimony. When she was uh, pregnant for the first time, she actually had a miscarriage. And so she was sharing how she was so sad. She was devastated. If you've ever been through a miscarriage, you understand all the emotions that come with it. And uh, in her sadness and devastation, she actually went to God for answers. She was confused. She was lost. And as a woman of God, she did what she was supposed to do. She went to God. Well, God reminded her of the story of King David. See, King David had a child who was very sick. And when the child was sick, King David was fasting and was weeping to God. And sadly, the child didn't make it. The Bible tells us that when the child died, David got up, he got cleaned up, he went to worship God, and then he went to eat. And so his people were like, dude... They probably didn't say dude, but bear with me. I'm paraphrasing. I have six minutes left. They're like, dude, I don't, like, we don't get it. He was, he was sick and he was, but he was alive and you were weeping and now he's dead and you're all good. Like what's going on? And he said this, he's dead. I cannot bring him back again. He shall not come to me, but I shall go to him. What that, mean, what that meant was that his, he was sure that his son, his child, was now in heaven. And he was going to see him someday. So Pastor Chris says that when she read that in the Bible, she had this beautiful vision of her child in angels' arms. And she knew right then and there that her baby was now with Jesus, her baby was in heaven. It was so beautiful. And I was sitting there looking at her, listening, seeing women crying, like tearing up all around me. There was just beautiful atmosphere. And all I can think of was, all I could feel was an immense amount of guilt. See, many, many years before that, when I was 21, I was pregnant. For the second time. I had a three-year-old boy. I was not married. My first child was not planned. I was 17 when I got pregnant. And then three, I was on and off this complicated relationship, trying to figure out life as a 21-year-old with a kid and really with no support from my parents. They loved me, but they really didn't know how to care for me. And so, I, I was pregnant, again, from a different guy, and I felt so ashamed, and I felt so scared, and from the moment that I suspected I was pregnant, I knew that I was not going to have that child. Um, I'm going to spare you the details and the reasons and all the excuses I made up in my head, but I went, um, I had the abortion, and I was sad. I was very sad. I was disappointed in myself, but I moved on. I had to. And so a few years after that, I came to Jesus. I surrendered my life to him. And I remember the moment when I actually came to my knees to ask God to forgive me for what I did. I remember receiving his forgiveness and forgiving myself for for making that choice. See, because I wasn't ignorant. I didn't think like, oh, well... You know, like some people nowadays, life does not begin, blah, blah, blah. No, I knew that it was wrong. I still did it. And so, um, there I was about 10 years after I had had the abortion at Cherish Conference, and Pastor Chris is talking about healing, and I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't connect with her because unlike Pastor Chris, I didn't lose my child. I killed my child. How could I be worthy of being in the same room as these women? So then Pastor Chris said, if you've ever lost a child through a miscarriage, If you've ever lost a child that was born, but he died like very, very young. Or if you ever lost a child to an abortion, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I, my heart was racing. My heart was racing. I felt so unworthy of any type of ministry or prayer, but I stood up. I was brave enough. I stood up and I can still remember standing there, closing my eyes crying and crying and crying and just allowing the Holy Spirit to come into the dark places of my mind and my heart and washing away all the guilt and all the shame and all the condemnation that I had carried. There were, it was a beautiful and powerful moment that I never thought I was going to experience. And then she said, There are going to be women passing around pink and blue cards. If you knew what your child's, your baby's gender, pick up a card. If you didn't know, ask the Holy Spirit. Named your child if you had an infant. And so I took my card. And I named my baby boy Isaac. And I held my card really, really close to me. And for the first time ever, I lost, I grieved the loss of my unborn child. And it was so healing. It was hard, but it was so healing. I didn't realize how scared I was of actually getting pregnant again because of this see my husband and I had been married for like two years up to that point and we always talked about having kids so really soon but I kept making up excuses about why it was not the perfect time and um, I am happy to report that nine months after that cherished conference we had Mateo very joyful guys very joyful after that the Bible says in Psalms 34:22, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Three years later, Matteo was diagnosed with autism and a developmental delay. And there was a lot of sadness and confusion and uncertainty from Mateo's future and our future. And there was a moment. There was a moment in, in all of that, like those early months where I actually was, I was praying and then, I, and then I thought, maybe this is it. Maybe this is part of the consequence. Maybe this is part of it. And it was like that. But God, he reminded me of that time at cherished Conference where I stood up in the presence of the Holy Spirit and I lifted up my hands and I let him wash away all the guilt and all the condemnation and all the shame. And I said, not today, devil. You are never taking me back to that place of shame and guilt ever, ever again church the reality is that we are always we can't escape the the consequences of our choices whatever we reap we sow right that's the bible if you are unwise with your finances you're gonna lose money if you don't honor your spouse you'll have a lot of marriage problems if you sow division you are not going to have meaningful friendships So if you find yourself dealing with shame and guilt over over choices that you have made, and I'm not talking about things that happened to you. I'm talking about the things that you knew, the thoughts that you knew you shouldn't have, the words that you know you shouldn't have said, and you still said it. I want you to hear me tonight. You can choose to confront the consequences of your choices with or without God. Without God, there's pride, poverty, division, shame, guilt. But with God, there is repentance, there's forgiveness, there's humbleness, there's provision, there's unity, there's freedom, and there's healing. I want to invite everyone to stand up right now. And first, I want to address the ladies tonight. And I want to tell you, maybe you're dealing with some of the things that Lindsay shared, dealing with your own problems, whatever they are, and you don't even think, you don't have the capacity to think about Cherish Conference. Maybe you're dealing like Lori, feeling sad, feeling lonely, feeling unseen. I want you to think... I want you to know that Cherish Conference can and will have something for you if you decide to push through and to just show up and be there. And I want to address everyone in the room right now, and and I'm going to ask you, if you are dealing with something that makes you feel unworthy, that makes you feel condemned because of choices that you've made in the past. I'm going to ask you right now to trust God. I'm going to ask you to believe that tonight can be the night where he can finally set you free from guilt and shame. I'm going to ask you to be brave and allow the Holy Spirit to go into those dark places in your mind and in your heart and let him heal you with a prayer. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because your Holy Spirit is here. I thank you because you are healing hearts right now. I thank you that there's no fear and there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. I thank you that today we choose to take refuge in you. And we say, devil, you step away because I am no longer condemned. I no longer carry shame. I no longer carry guilt. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that can stand in the way of God's love for me. I am worthy. I am receiving of your promises today and every day. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the hearts, for the minds that you are healing tonight.
0: Amen.